Hey everybody, welcome to um, episode 86 of Get Out of Rap with podcasts, co-host, good friend, my good friend, Chris Rainsforth from Variant. Hello mate. Hi mate, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. We've just been having a long old chat uh, <laughs> before, before hit and record. And we're just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just hit record, see what see what happens. Um, how have you been? It's, well, <laughs> got the honest answer, or or the made up one. Um, honest, standard, please. Standard, standard <laughs> response is everything's fine. Um, but the reality is, it's been it's been a tough old month, mate. To be fair, um, it has been. It's been a rocky road these last few weeks, um, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point. But yeah, it's. Uh, Oh, nice to be speaking to someone and having a bit of a, a jovial chat. Uh, let's put it that way. Well, and we have been kind of um, going a bit deeper, haven't we? Because uh, you know we we have become good mates over over doing this podcast, and it's it's actually kind of prompted why we hit record just around um, people in your teams right now so i'm if i'm talking if you're listening and you manage people right um what me and chris want to talk about today is uh chris i hope you don't mind me sharing chris is kind of going through one of those moments in your life where uh i me and my friend yeah i'm a bit of a tangent but it's just come to me chris so uh me and my friend john would often say you know the film the truman show yes where this guy doesn't realise that he's part of a TV show and they're going, oh, right, what can we do to him next? Me and my mate used to say, because we were both going through similar challenges at the time, that we were part of the Truman Show and the script writers and editors would have meetings and going, right, so Martin's looking pretty happy at the moment. Uh, Shall we just, like, mess things up for him? Yeah, okay, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Well, we could split him up from his wife yeah yeah keep going talk tell me more how about at the same time we make him redundant right right and then we'll just see what happens to his character so we used to say we used to just it was a way of using so for your situation right now right it's kind of like the script writers have gone yeah listen we need to spice things up a bit chris's storyline's been going too well so let's hit him with three things at once that'll be great viewing <laughs> It does feel like that. It does feel like we were talking before, you know, throughout the whole pandemic and lockdown, you know, it's been tough for everybody, hasn't it, right? Mm. But I, I kind of, I felt me, my family and, and, and work and everything came out, not we haven't got out of it yet, but have got through it relatively unscathed in the grand scheme of things compared to a lot of other people. Um, and it does feel a bit like that. I'm going, I've been really lucky for the last couple of years. It's kind of, it's just caught up with me a bit. Uh, this last month, and he's decided my looks run out. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And it what it what it led to was, um, and I hopefully you know just rest assured people we I have been empathetic. I haven't just been laughing at Chris, helping it helping us think about podcast episodes and reminding me of funny anecdotes. Um, I have been there for him. Um, but one of the things it, it's made us think about is. And I don't know if you're the same. I got told a bit of advice or when I became a team leader to try and get your team who are in a funk to leave their troubles at the door, at the front door and and focus on work. And one of the things that I thought was during this pandemic, most of us are 
there's been no that front door or the door leads to is is in our house where we are working so can't leave your troubles at home when you are working at home and whether that me you know i think we all recognize now that being a team leader the the key skill is emotionally and being emotionally intelligent and empathy that actually you should address and be cognizant and recognize people going through something so horribly chris you've lost a family pet as one of the one of the three things right and um if you think about people in your team right now for the people that are listening have you ever just heard something and gone oh what is the matter with um zoe and someone saying oh her her budgie died or her her cat died or, or whatever it may be and you've gone oh right okay and moved on quite quickly i know i know i have in the past um having then lived through that experience it's made me think god i wish i'd been more empathetic i wish i'd taken a moment to stop and check in with in this this fictional zoe but stop and check in and say are are you okay how how can how can work help because often the answer is probably going to be well not there's not much you can do to help but just being cognizant of what's what i'm going through is enough isn't it Uh, yeah i agree i think you know i I've said this before on these podcasts, if I look back to the 21-year-old me or the 19-year-old me when I was starting to lead teams and, and those types of things, that how I would behave today would be completely different to how I behave back then. Um, and I think we have come a long way in thinking that, but we do still have a relatively young population out there. Team leader-wise, it is a relatively young um, population, I think, still. And I think sometimes it's enough just to know that the support's there if you need it. And I think everyone will deal with things differently. And that's the bit that I know it seems obvious to say, but some people will take you upon that. But just knowing that they can take an hour or take a couple of hours or do what they need to do to deal with their own circumstance, whatever that circumstance might be, if it's grief in the example that you've said, if it's something else, just knowing that it's there is enough for people. And, you know, like I say, most people might just go, no, I need to get my head down, crack on, keep busy, whatever it is. Or others will go, yeah, do you know what? Actually, I do need an hour. I do need a couple of hours or I need the day or whatever it is. And just being able to kind of just offer that support. I think the problem we get in dealing with things of that nature is that then there's a trigger to a process somewhere in the business. And it's that bit that then shows a lack of empathy not the individual but the processes that surround giving people flexibility can have not been built as, as an empathetic process right and that then causes where there can be additional issues so we just need to be really careful around dealing with the human element of all this and that the process is the process and, and sometimes just saying you know what i'm going to ignore that process uh, and just deal with the individual because that's the important person in this whole situation Completely agree. And I think the other thing as well is it's about um, perceptions and life experience teaches you, you know what, kind of everyone has got something going on that is playing on their mind that is, it's very hard to compartmentalize things that are happening and go, right, I'm going to focus on work now. I'm I'm really going to focus on work. Yeah, fine, you might do it. And we know more about the human brain now that there's a limited time 
where whilst that can happen and then afterwards where are you going to go you might go back to whatever it is you're dealing with and I think as a young leader you pigeonhole people and go okay I've got some people in my team that are maybe 20 years older than me they've got their life together you know this is a part-time gig for them they come in they seem good they're they're on it um now I know that they're, they're dealing with some stuff yeah everyone is dealing with something and I'm not saying you have to sort of sit try and coax out of people problems and talk about them if that's not that's not the case all I'm saying is just be kind when you are managing your teams right and I would there was one um lady in my team part-time she's brilliant the font of all knowledge um but was pretty short-tempered right um and I liked uh, I liked my management style was kind of mess about a little bit, but try and have fun, cajole people, be very positive. And she would be sniping at me all the time. Actually, through doing the podcast, um, now I understand it far more. But at, she was she was going through the menopause, and um, just that might not have led to some of the behaviour, but what I mean is it's something that she was carrying with her into work and this going to have an impact same as all of us dealing with life and maybe the pandemic has made us more hopefully more empathetic to people's individual circumstances do you think I, I hope so I th- and, and I think the, the evidence suggests that it has in a lot of cases but you know I think we're quite unique Martin in that when we speak to people we speak to like-minded people so we probably get sometimes a rose-tinted view of how people are dealing with this type of situation because the people we typically speak to are some of the thought leaders, some of the real kind of innovators and, and, and things like that. So they all are telling us that these things are happening, but you know, we're in such a vast industry where we only scratch the surface of, of our relationships, although you know we've got many and they are deep and, and those types of things. It's, we're still only scratching the surface so you know the likelihood is that there is still some bad behavior happening out there regarding that supporting culture um, that an organization can develop and I think you know back to a point that you said there it's not about knowing the ins and outs of everybody it can help but people will share and people won't share and we've got to accept that I think the whole idea of building a culture where people feel happy to share or know they won't be chastised um or condemned immediately and and things that are you know bad behavior is bad behavior it needs to be managed there might be a trigger for that bad behavior but being aware and just you know just saying we're noticing these things are happening if you need time let us know you need time but we need to see you know we need to understand kind of how we can work together on these things opens up people to a different way of working i just think we just need to be really mindful i like to say i think by and large, I think we, we we should be seeing more of that kind nature of people and that empathy. But, you know, I'm a realist and I will, you know, still suggest that there is probably bad behaviour happening out there and a lack of understanding and a lack of empathy around certain situations that, that people are going through. Um, so, you know, just, you know, my advice at this stage would just take a look, take a step back and have a look at kind of the culture that you're propagating within your organisation to see where you sit on that line. Great advice, mate. That's great. Um, and it, it reminds me of, I did a post on LinkedIn 
about a month ago, I think, around um, how you might approach that kind of situation. Because maybe there's people listening and you have a sense or you've had it, you're looking at some numbers because let's be honest, our industry, we know there's more numbers about your personal performance than in probably in, unless you're a Formula One driver or something, there's more, there's more numbers about your performance than anywhere else. That's a wildly inaccurate statement, but <laughs> I'm making a point, so who cares? Um, maybe the numbers are indicating that there's a problem, that there's potentially a problem with someone. I used to have this rule for my guys around making sure the things that they needed to do within a day, yeah? So this is when I manage team leaders. One of them was make sure you've spoken to everyone in your team. And it was that simple but it was speak to them as a human and just check in with them, right? Check in, how, how are things going? And let's say there were someone that was off their game, being able to have that conversation and say, hey, Craig, um, things you're, you, you're normally smashing all these numbers. Things aren't so good. I, I'm worried that there's something up. Is how, you know, it, where are you at? Tell me, tell me what's going on. And then leaving a pause, leaving space for people to fill that. Because I think we we don't leave enough space sometimes in that kind of like active listening. Just use a pause. Use that pause. Wait, wait, wait. And then hopefully that person's going to um, volunteer, right? But there was one other thing I did that I just wanted to share. Uh, I bought a one of those like kitchen whiteboards that had uh, magnetic things that you stick on it like yeah. uh, that way yeah that way um yes and i like stuck that to the door our internal door at the call center i was working at where my team came in and i'd written their names on some of the counters or all the count just bought loads of counters wrote their names and I split the whiteboard and I had on one half a smiley face and one half an unhappy face. And I just asked people when they started their shift to put the counter on where they were feeling as they came into work that day. <laughs> and um, that's all right. It just reminded me of something. No, no, it just reminds <laughs> me of something. So going back years ago, I used to have it. My, my, my name's Christopher, as you can, you know, Chris, Christopher, right? But one of my team, so back years and years ago, they used to have a nickname called Pissed Officer, right? So, and they used to have a gauge of how pissed off I was during the day. So it wasn't them saying they would mark my level of pissed offness <laughs> on this, on this like dial, like petrol gauge type dial, kind of going as the day went on. Is it getting happier or angrier as the day goes on? They used to rate my behaviour. Nice. And, and it worked in the same way, is that if they showed me that I was I was coming across as a bit of a twat, sorry, you know, yeah, yeah. Right, that, that I could see that and I'd visualise that and I'd go, right, Chris, you need to sort yourself out. Yeah, it's good. Whatever, you, whatever you're going through, your team's starting to recognise the fact that it's, kind of seeping over into their day to day. So it was a flip on that, rather than them telling you how happy and sad they were, they would rate me on my level of happiness and anger as the day went on, depending on the situation. So I just 
Like, I love it. Well, do three sixty feedback. It's you know, it's one of those. It, it was a perfect. It, it really worked for me that they would just rate me, and we had that relationship where they could call me out on stuff like that. I love and, it. You know, but it was yeah, it was like a petrol gauge with the arrow kind of going over it, and they just move it. Um, and isn't that it's the same sort of thing? Because it's about it's about awareness, right? So if people would come in. Um, I would look at I would look at where they place themselves, and um, for some people, it they didn't actually want any intervention. So you'd go and see and go, oh hey, I see you put yourself in the unhappy section. Um, how's things? And he'd be like, look, I I am not feeling great. Just but I, you know, I don't need I don't need <laughs> I don't need you up in my grill right now. Versus. Um, if people were continually putting themselves in there, because I didn't, it's one of those things where I didn't do it for long um, because I think they become, people get tired of it. You've got to find another way. You've got, I'm constantly trying to find ways of being able to, to gauge that, but it was just a nice prompt. Uh, and that, that I did that whilst as a, as a team leader and it made the other team leaders think a bit more because you know what it's like, you see other, someone else doing something with their team and you're like, well, what's going on over there? Um, it just made people think a bit more about where are their team members, their colleagues mentally, uh, when they're, when they're showing up today, you know, people are happy. That's great, but you still want to talk to them, check in with them. But for those that are kind of pushing the counter into the unhappy face, you you know, that's probably where you want to start your day is, is, is talking to those guys. Right. So um, but I equally like the fact you had a good enough relationship that people could say, hey, you know, I, I in fact, I had a team that would say um, they could tell by my eyes uh, and they even had their own little. Um, so they said, if I when a great white attacks, apparently it's eyes that a film comes over its eyes. So their eyes go black. And they would right. say that I, I would I would get shark eyes if I was angry, even though I wasn't saying anything angry. They could tell, and again, that kind of feedback was like, okay, yeah, if they can spot it, I, I need to might need to do something about it. It's a tough job, though. I don't think we do enough. We've we've talked about this loads of times, haven't we, about team leaders and needing to do more for them. Yeah, I, I just think you know it's one of those. I, I that I mean, I was speaking before on that. It's just, I think, operationally, we need to strip the process away from all of this stuff, right? In terms of, right, don't get me wrong, people development, behavioural management, those types of things, there's a place for that 100%, right? I I kind of fully believe in that, that we need to try and deal with those issues, and and we can do, and, and there's tools and stuff available to do it. I think it's the stuff outside of that, like you were talking about. Somebody's always dealing with something, right? And we said before we came on air here was around, you know, I'm going through a lot of different things. All those different things involve some level of communication with third parties or whatever, whether it's insurance companies, whether it's builders, whether it's garages, whether it's the vets, whether it's whatever. All those things need to happen. But all those things need to happen when I'm supposed to be working because life no matter how flexible and how many multi-channels we've got and all this type of stuff within our industry customer service is typically still nine or five in terms of what can happen and what can be done um so 
it's being able just to say, right, you've got this stuff to deal with, deal with it. If you need to take a call from the insurance company, take a call from the insurance company, just let us know what's happening. Yeah. You know, it just have those things without having to kind of say, oh, you have to deal with this either on your break. And you can't always do those things because you're a victim to their process, the company that you're dealing with. And if their processes are poorly thought out and poorly executed, then they're never in you at a convenient time or they never want to be in touch with you at a convenient time. It's always what's convenient to them, not convenient to you. And I think we as leaders can then say, okay, we need to give a level of convenience to our people to be able to deal with the situations that they find themselves in. And I know it's tricky when we work in contact centres because we're dealing with immediate media, we're dealing with those contacts that are coming through, but having flexibility within that to say, look, just go away and deal with that when you need to deal with it. You know, we can cover for you. For that period of time, I just, you know, I think it becomes, if we become too prescriptive around how we deal with those things, it does impact the individual. And I think there's something we can do operation where we can kind of cut those strings and just say, look, with yeah. these serious processes we've got, but for those ad hoc things that people need to deal with, let's not constrain them. Let's give them the time they need to get their head right. Because if they're stressing about those things, which there will be, I'm stressing, I've got to waiting for a builder to come, I'm stressing, you know, I'm stressing it. The fact that I've got my car sat in the garage with a blown up engine, you know, all these things adding stress on and I'm waiting for updates. And until I get that update, I'm going to be stressed. But I'm going to be even more stressed if I know when that call comes, I'm not in a position to take it because I don't know when I'm going to get that follow up call. And the likelihood is it's not going to be at six o'clock when I finish my shift. You know, it's going to be nine o'clock again tomorrow when I'm in the middle of my shift. And it's kind of, it, it's those things that pressure will mount and mount. And the people that are going to suffer from that are the customers that we're trying to serve every day because I'm not giving 100% of me to that to that delivery of the service that I'm supposed to be delivering. So we just need to be really careful around how we deal with those situations. I think you mentioned the word there, stress, right? As leaders, our job is to de-stress our teams, not add stress to them, not, not to... To try and, um, if you think about everything that you've just mentioned there, uh, a good leader will be the one that says, right, okay, you, you, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take some of that stress. I'm going to take some of that stress away. I can't solve your problem, but I'm certainly not going to add to it by making you worry about, um, worry about work. And it's that, um, it's that old adage, isn't it, about people will always remember how you made them feel they might not remember what you said. They certainly might not. They certainly won't remember a performance review you did with them three years ago. But they'll remember that when their mum was ill, you were very flexible around their time. That you, um, even with all the policies and procedures we have around lateness and shift adherence and and things like that, you can still be kind and show empathy and yeah. help people and be flexible. Because I guarantee you. Um, you can bump into people years later and they remember that um, kindness. They're be they're, they work better for you. And more importantly than that, um, they'll remember you as a nice human, you know, that you we're, we're all doing the same thing. We're all going through stuff. And I think that's what prompted us to do this little podcast was around the responsibility of leadership means that 
you are there to assist your teams, like to try and lighten the load, yeah? Exactly. I think, you know, you make a really good point around just what you remember through your career, the highlights of your career, the the bits that have made you feel good about yourself, the bits where you've kind of looked back and got that a real impact on me. Those impactful events are never the things that are just the mundane day-to-day delivery of what you do. It's the little things that you kind of remember and go, you know what, I remember when they give us that time to do that or I could do that. And, you know, we're in an industry at the minute where loyalty is... It's kind of the trickiest, I think. I think it's it's the trickiest time I've been in the industry in terms of loyalty for, for, for your agent population because everyone's offering so much more flexibility now. Everyone's offering different rotational patterns, more, you know, whatever it is. And, and the pandemic's driven some of that. But it's those little moments that will inspire that loyalty. And it's those little moments that I'll say, you know what, actually, I could go over here and work for this company similar salary similar rotation similar other. but you know what i know i've got someone and i've got an organization here that will look after me when the chips are down i will get looked after and actually i'm gonna rate that and weight that higher than moving into the unknown and i'll stay where i am because i know i've got that support around me should things get tough um, and i think it's those those things that we really need to consider more than ever now because people can, you know, can move around, you know, recruitment's becoming completely different in our industry. And I think we've just got to be really careful of those kind of human moments that happen when you work are the ones that are going to be really impactful for people and the ones that are going to be the decision makers in the end. I completely agree. And there's probably people won't appreciate this, but I think we're in a period where this industry's got some a real challenge right now around um a recruitment b retention uh and given that we are still all going through a pandemic and life anyway we're all going through something and dealing with something just maybe have a look at i think we need to look at as an industry because you're right we do live I, i certainly me and you, we, we're often talking in an echo chamber, right, of people, it's all exciting, progressive stuff. There's still call centres and contact centres out there where if you're one minute late, you might have triggered your the next disciplinary, um, you know, things things yeah. like that. It's, it's in that area that I wonder and think we really need to start again and update how we're, how we're treating people because we know there's academic studies that show the minutiae with which we monitor people's performance adherence and things like that is really poor is really bad for their mental health and um you know you've got people dealing with stuff if they're back if they're coming back to a call center and they're late and they're distracted and that triggers the next time they're late and Let's be honest, the reason we have all of this in place, it's not about equality and treating everyone the same. It's about money. It's about that, you know, 30 seconds late locking on means that you can't, there's a there's a there's a pound amount behind that. I think the time has come for us to really look at that and think, yeah, this it's got to be a better way of doing it. I think there's got 
there's better ways, and these organisations doing it better. I think you know this whole debate over the last few months around you know flexibility and hybrid working and work from home or work from the office. I, 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 I kind of I can't get involved with the polls because I get I get I get kind of angry when I see them on LinkedIn. But I get to a point where I just go, you know what? It's not about forcing anything on anybody. It's about it's about <laughs> canvassing canvassing what people want to do and letting them do what they want to do within within a constraint but if people want to work from home let them work from home if they want to come to the office let them work at the office if they want to do yeah. a bit of both let them do a bit of both yeah. but don't what we've gone from is going everyone has to do this to an amalgamation of whatever got us through the tough times to now trying to get into an operating model that again is a one-size-fits-all operating model and it's like that don't work for everybody. So stop having that debate. Would you rather, you know, you know, do this, do this, do this? No, actually, what do you want to do? I'm working. You're working for me, Martin. How do you want to work? You want to work from home? That's fine. I can make you work from home. All right. What do you want to do? I want to come to the office two days a week. Fine. You can come to the office two days a week. We'll make that work. It's about just not trying to kind of go back to uh, a, a new way of doing things that is still the same for everybody. Yeah, it's just, it, it, yeah. It, it just makes no sense to me that we're trying to go from one extreme to another to then come back to the exact same place where we were, just a different flavour of it. It's still one size fits all and it's still a one size operating model. And that I just I can't get my head around it. I, I really can't. I just think there's there's more to it than than all that. Let's not dictate to anybody what they need to do. Let's just find out what they want to do and make that work. Because you know what, we can make anything we want to work. Yeah, we can. Put his minds to it. It, it. It's not, you know, it might be a bit harder work for some people. Might take a bit more thinking. So what? We can do it. We've shown that this industry has shown. Uh, we've known it anyway for a while, but this industry industry has shown we can do anything. The whole industry moved everyone working from home in in a in a space of weeks. So. Um, it goes down to your point. It goes down to your point of money and what's driving that decision making and what's driving that. And I get some of that. And it's not like I'm completely blinkered to the world around us. And I, you know, I know we've got rents to pay on commercial property, and I know all this stuff. I, I get that, right? But we can still make things productive, and we can still make things work if we do some thinking around it, rather than trying to find a process again back to a process that balances. You know, I, I kind of you know. I take you know, my wife's a perfect example. They got the option. Do you want to work office? Do you want to work at home? Do you want to do it? And she was like, I'm going back to the office. And I think some of that was because she was sick of sitting in the same house as me every day, to be fair. I'll put it past her. But she was there straight away. I want to go to the office. But her team is dispersed. There's some work from home full time, some go to the office a couple of days a week. But they all got the choice. They went, office is there. You've all got a desk. Use it if you want to use it. Just let us know what you're doing. That's kind of what. And then we'll make the arrangements around what's there. You know, and she was straight back in. And I think we, we, we struggle to ask people questions. I think that's the thing. We, we try to second guess what people are thinking rather than just going and asking the question. You know, I'm in a debate with a company at the minute they're about Christmas, management of Christmas and opening times over Christmas. It's the same debate. I've been having this debate for 20 odd years in the contact centres. Oh, I ain't got enough cover for Christmas. And I went, best way I ever dealt with Christmas was just asking people if they wanted to work it or not. You'd be really surprised how many people actually want to work Christmas, whatever their reasons are, 
whether it's religious reasons, yeah. whether it's the fact that they are alone and they want yeah. to be around people on Christmas Day because if they're not at work, they're sitting in the flat on their own and they've got no one around them. I went, you'll be surprised how many people will volunteer for the stuff that you think you've got to try and force people to do or upset people around. And this is the same debate now where we're going, where it's, it's about just asking the questions, asking the questions, find out what's right for the individuals, making it work. That's, yeah, it, for me... That's how I simplify things. I love that. So I wonder if there's any correlation. We 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 get on so well because we're quite similar. Um, Bev's gone back. First drop of a hat. She's gone back to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think, but I, to, to be fair, it was it was one of them. I'm I'm we've had this conversation. Before. I'm different people for for when I need to be different people. I'm just you know I'm Chris to be friends. But I can be on that that range, you know. We talked about that gauge. There's, there's some days I'm good, some days I'm bad. And my wife's, you know, we've had a transient life for most of our relationship because I work away a lot, all that type of stuff. That changed. And I think what she said to me on numerous occasions was, "I didn't know you were like that." And what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. was, she's like, "You can be quite firm." I went, "Well, yeah, that's my job." Like when I'm doing that but I'm, that's not the behavior I display in our relationship so she saw behaviors from me albeit you know what I needed to do I wasn't being inappropriate anyway but she was saying I've never seen that side of you and it's like when you're talking and when you're in those when you're in full flow and you're doing those types of things I, I completely just sometimes I'll be listening I've got I've got no idea what he's talking about now yeah, like the language language you use, the descriptions, the things you're talking about, and especially if things get technical with customer calls and we're talking about kind of CSI adapters and all this type of stuff, and 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 she's kind of looking at me with this glazed look on her face, going, "What are you talking who, about?" And I'm like, hey, who even it, who even is this person? Yeah, that's exactly what she was like. She's just like completely aghast at kind of that change because she all she sees is me when I'm at home on a weekend and we're off to the pub and having a boogie. You know, it's kind of one of those things. So yeah, she was straight out the door as soon as she got the chance. I reckon there, there's there's everyone's had to go through something like that, isn't it? Around I think I one of the comments I got was um you don't have to talk a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. your job just talking. I was like, no. Well, yeah, is it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe is it the minute? I think I've done more talking this last two years than I ever have done. I used to talk a lot, but this is what we're doing, isn't it? We we we're yeah. kind of going on. We're logging on the calls. We're doing our discussions, and you know whatever those things are, it is. It's, I mean, I you know I don't think you ever stop talking through the course of a day. Really, there's always something going on. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 a strange, it's a strange one. But I think it goes back to that. Ask the question. You know, just ask the question. It's not a difficult question to ask. It might be a difficult solution for you as a business to accommodate. But go back to what we said at the beginning. This is about making those choices now at a human level as a business to to make those things stand out in an employee's mind. When have I been supported by my business? When have I been um, made to feel valuable? When have I kind of needed that virtual hug, you know, to, to kind of do the things I need to do without any repercussions on the back of it? Those things are important to people and you know, sometimes asking the questions the easiest way to get to the solution. Well, I'm sending you a virtual hug. Cheers, you know, mate. mate. You send me any... a new engine. If you can send me a new engine <laughs> for my car, that'd be lovely. Uh, or, or a new garage roof, that'd be nice. 
<laughs> well, yeah, for those of you listening, Chris has had, like I say, he's had some not, he's he's in the middle or just gone through a storm figuratively and literally because the storm blew away some of your house, didn't it, mate? Yeah, it was a, it, it's been a painful weekend watching you kind of, yeah, watching just things get destroyed in the blink of an eye. It was, uh, it was painful. It's been a painful weekend watching stuff. But, you know, I kind of look at it and we said, try to find the positive, mate. There's people that have come out of it worse off than me, you know, in terms of the damage. You know, we've still got one of the villages. We were out of power for for about 24, 48 hours. Um, but there's still a village, the next village on from us, there's people that have been out of power since Friday night and they've still not got no power because all the overhead power cables have been torn down. And, you know, I kind of look at that and go, you know what, they're five days in nearly into having no power um, with destroyed homes and, and, and God knows what else. So... You know, materialistic things, it's heartbreaking uh, and it has been really difficult few days, but it's things that can be replaced. Everyone's going to be sending you virtual hugs, I'm sure. hope so. If not... (laughs) So uh, how can people send you virtual hugs? Just, uh, I I can send you my PayPal details. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, as always, it's it's been a pleasure, and I'm hoping the the script writers and editors of the Truman Show now just kind of maybe give you a bit of a break. Um, but insightful stuff, as always, mate. Um, always enjoy talking to you, and it's a pleasure. Um, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Cheers, Martin. Take care, mate. And you. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. I haven't really woken up. Until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, (laughs) I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it.